Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. It means Offside Hockey Talk is back in your ears here with my good buddy and my co-host, Mr. D4, Dylan Fournier. What's going on tonight, Dylan? Not much. A little tired from the uh, the hot day that I had, but uh, you know we're all good. Uh, excited to uh, get the pod going again. Yeah, buddy. Hey, you know what? We go every Tuesday night. We try to break it down. And, of course, throughout the summer, we'll have some fun guests. Got some great ones lined up. Uh, looking forward to talking to the likes of David Alter, uh, former Detroit Red Wings defenseman, AHL defenseman, Matt Lashoff. A uh, bunch of names coming through the pipeline. Dave Jackson as well. Uh, it's going to be a great summer talking to these different folks and getting uh, perspective on things. Uh, unfortunately, tonight we have to kick off the show uh, with some some news that's uncomfortable. So, you know, trigger warning here. Um, we're going to talk about the Hockey Canada stuff and don't want to uh, diminish it like that, but that's just what it is. Um, it's a bunch of things that no one has any concrete information on. Um, all everyone's doing is playing Internet Detective right now and breaking down every single list that there is and who's made a statement, who hasn't made a statement, who has connections to this, who has connections to that. Well, news flash for everyone involved. Hockey Canada, the NHL, Parliament in Canada, they all know who these players already are. I hate to break it to you. Those names are already well-known. Um, it may be why players haven't been qualified or signed or, you know, given their preferred lineup spots um, or haven't released a statement yet because they can't release anything until everything is done. The only thing that I don't like about this, Dylan, I don't like the, the legal lawyer talk crap. We were just talking about this before we jumped on. Don't sit there and say that just because they were cleared of any wrongdoing at one point that there was no wrongdoing that happened. Because we all seen throughout the years, things have come to light, fresh lights shone upon it, and things come to a different result, a different head um, because of new evidence, because of the way things are actually brought forward the way they're supposed to be. And the big one we think about right now is the Kyle Beach situation and obviously the, the other John Doe as well that was involved with the Chicago Blackhawks. Those things are now coming forward. So you can't sit there and just say, well, because they were cleared at this point that they would be cleared again. Because now the pressure may not be on that person who made the complaint. And from what I'm seeing as well, Rick West had tip of the cap to him, by the way. He goes nose first into all this stuff. Does not stop. There is no wall for him. He goes right into it. There may be more throughout Hockey Canada's history. And I know you say this, you know, it isn't your favorite thing to talk about. But it's scary to think that some of your idols growing up, some of the people you pretty much worshipped the ice they played on may not be the people you think they are. And I don't want to think that way about anyone yet. You shouldn't cast aspersions on anyone yet. But if all these things start coming to light, I want to ask you this question. What do you do about hockey history? Do you start removing those names if they are prominent names within the game? I guess my question is... Do you take a Hockey Hall of Fame member uh, away from, you know, what the, what they've been awarded for 
uh, all they've done in hockey. Um, you know, I guess it's not unfortunate, but, you know, we, we live in a time right now where you need to be able to feel comfortable coming forward with anything that has happened to you in, in, in your past life, something that, you know, you may have to think about on a daily and, and, and makes you struggle with your mental health or, you know, you, you can't even, you can't even like walk outside without thinking of something else happening or you can't go to this spot because this is where this happened or something like that. You know, there's, there's a lot of mental damage that something of these events can make happen. And, um, for this girl that it had happened to, I completely feel horrible because if it were my child or anybody that is related to me, I know I would be a very furious and uh, I I would want to get to the bottom of it. And the fact that, you know, hockey Canada is kind of sweeping this under the rug is uh, probably could be very angering for the uh, family members of this individual. Um, and I know there, I I know that there's something, you know, not right here. Um, I hope that it get uh, it gets straightened out. I hope that, uh, Hockey Canada doesn't hide too much of this information. Um, I know we were talking about it and some of the evidence has been given to the people that need to hear it. Um, but, uh, I, I think whoever did this needs to, uh, be rectified for their actions. No, they definitely do. And it's funny that you talk about cover up and I, I let you guys know, and this is from the lifted from the Steve Dangle podcast. So shout out to them having Rick West head on Uh 30 minute episode, go check it out. Um, you definitely want to hear it, but this is where I got that from, you know, so Rick West had, obviously an investigative journalist for sports. Um, So he goes and makes sure that when he's doing stories like this, he lets people know, Hey, there's a story coming your way. Here's the heads up. Um, So we obviously let TSN know because TSN has a great partnership with uh, hockey Canada. Um, Then TSN turned and let hockey Canada know this story was coming. The crazy part about it was Rick West has says this on Steve Dangle show. There was no settlement in place before Rick Westhead's article came out. Funny, funny that before his article came out, all of a sudden there is a settlement done, signed, sealed, delivered with an NDA. Done. Then his article comes out. I don't know about you, but that timing is very, very suspicious. Um, Definitely seems like the old broom came out with the... uh, Let's get this under the rug. Let's get this dealt with. And let's move on. And that to me is greasy, as we say in the Maritimes, little trailer park boy flavor there. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the way it looks. I don't like the way it sounds. We love, we love in this country to watch our world juniors. We love the Olympics. We love the world's women's. We love all the international hockey that happens with that Team Canada logo. 
I don't want that tarnish, and it's getting tarnished right now. And like I told you off air before we jumped on, if you think Hockey Canada is going to be the only hockey body under the microscope, you are sadly mistaken. Each and every hockey body is now going to be under investigation because this is going to blow up. And if you think a guy like Rick Westhead is going to stop here, this is the tip of the iceberg. And there's lots of great journalists in the States that will come out like Emily Kaplan who will look at these things and probably can unearth more. And this may be, this may be that tipping turning point where the NHL and hockey finally has to change its goddamn culture and become the all-inclusive place that it promotes itself to be. And you start that with whoever these players are that are named, when they are named, you come down with the harshest punishments possible, which is probably losing your NHL rights, which means Ottawa could lose players. It means Philly. It means whoever these players are. I'm not going to start naming names because I don't know. I don't know who they are. You can draw your own conclusions. You can go look at all the lists. You can cross it off. And like I said, you can be the internet detective that you want to be and figure it out. But when these guys are named, Dylan, I want it to be a swift, harsh punishment. And I don't want it to be lackadaisical like it was with the Chicago Blackhawks with, ah, oh, this guy gets punished, but this guy doesn't. And this guy's going to get fired, but this guy can keep his job because, you know, he really wasn't anything of significance in the room. No, it needs to be across the goddamn board. No, I, I agree. It's, it's just, I understand that young kids make mistakes and it sucks. Nah, this is not a mistake. No, no, no. I know, but like, I'm just saying, like, you know, one bad decision can fucking ruin your life. And it was a very bad decision. Whatever was involved, alcohol, whatever, you made a bad decision. And, you know, it's very, very unfortunate that that's going to be the thing that ruins your, your career that you fought for your entire life. No, do you know what? It is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. But the problem here is with those players that were named or are going to be named, they were all the cream of the crop, the best of the best, the leaders of their squads, their respective teams, captains, assistant captains, players that are looked upon to take the next step and also lead their respective club teams. So these players who committed these acts, they got to be held accountable. They should know better to put themselves in that situation. You know, it's it. one of them should have had a brain and been like, no, this is not right. Hey, let's get her A out of here and let's, this is done, you know, but it's just ridiculous. You know, I talked to you about, you know, a couple players that have been on this show and talked about the hush money and the breaking camera money and hey we'll pay 15 grand for your real money you know back in the day to quiet things and hide things and players have joked upon it on other podcasts like spit chicklets or after the whistle or all those things or be missing curfew you know about the all oh, the shit we got away with we couldn't get away with today you know so you know that culture has been bred in you know it has to change 
It has to change. It just has to. But as this story develops throughout the summer, we will be here on Offside Hockey Talk throughout the summer, me and D4, and whoever wants to jump on with us. Obviously, we have guests and different hosts and different things like that. But we will cover this. Uh, But right now, we're going to leave it at this. We don't know the names. We don't know what's going to happen. But we both agree that whoever is involved definitely needs to be punished. And those who knew need to be held accountable. But anyways, we will we will move on from this. Uh, it's always a very hard pivot when you talk about these things to kick off a show. Um, so we're going to get into the actual hockey player talk about this show now, guys. Jump on into it. So want to say we are proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s. Puck off Lagerdale, the absolute big beer for the big game. Shout out to Boxing Rock for sponsoring this show. You may see them up in the corner. Shout out to everyone who's tuning in across the networks. This is great to uh, to talk some hockey. Now let's get into this one here. Um, big news of the day, man. Calgary Flames and Matthew Tuchuk parting ways, by the way, it seems. Uh, it seems like everyone is on board for this one. Um Calgary seems to be taking the player to salary arbitration, which means really, if you listen to some of the, uh, I guess the analysts out there that this deal is going to happen this week and he's going to the St. Louis blues. Uh, there was a graphic that was flashed upon a chat, uh, dropped by someone who may be here or may not be, uh, about, uh, Jordan Cairo, Toya Krug and a first and Calgary said, no, um, I've heard so far by my limited checkings, uh, that there has been no formal offer made as of yet. Um, everyone's kind of waiting to see what happens salary-wise. Um, but right now, I, I I believe this marriage is over. I believe the Calgary Flames uh, probably should be looking for a trade partner for Manji and Panny as well and really just start to bring things back in, man. Um, you lost two of your biggest horses. Uh, unless you're banking on a return of Sean Monahan. Um, you know, the offense up front really, really starts to dry up. Uh, maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm thinking the Calgary Flames should do everything in their power right now to sell while the iron is hot on a guy like Manji Panny, sell while the iron's hot on a guy like Tuchuk, and just start recouping assets, get young players, prospects, or whatever, young roster guys who can come in and play. What do you think? What do you think, Dylan? What happens here? With the Chuck, what happens here with the Calgary Flames? I'm saying they go into fire sale mode, man. You got to salvage. You can't let guys walk. You know, two things that I think are very, very unfortunate in this situation. One, it sucks so much that two players in your lineup have basically made your entire roster. And now that two of them are gone or going to be gone, you got to restart everything. And the second thing is I thought Calgary and Tuchuk were a marriage waiting to happen. I thought Tuchuk was the perfect replacement for Mark Giordano as captain, uh, the next captain of the Calgary Flames. He's a great leader. His, I mean, his brother in Ottawa has already gotten the C. Um, he's somebody that you know everybody hates to have, uh, hates to play against, but would love to have on their team. Um, honestly, St. Louis uh, and him, you know, kind of sucks that that 
if you know he gets to pick where he goes that's you know that's where calgary has to ship him and they're not gonna get full value for him um and and i mean they could ship him they could probably ship him anywhere i I, i'm pretty sure they they have full reign of that they Um, do they do and that's the one thing here i think that would allow them to be able to get get what they feel from from st louis because if you have the full rights about moving a guy, you can put him anywhere you want, get the best package you want. Does that mean that Tuchuk is going to sign there? He may just no. take his qualifying offer and walk wherever he goes. But hey, yeah. send him to the Leafs. Let's go. Let's let's buckle up, baby. Let's get this going. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. If I would love him on the Leafs, but if he were to come to the Leafs, what kind of package are you looking at? Depending, I think I. What? Depending on what you're what you're getting from Tuchuk, what what your commitment is here. If he signs long term. Oh, if he signs long term, um, you're throwing knives, you're throwing first round picks. Um, you're you're throwing packages, man. You're getting a hundred point feisty guy that Toronto's kind of been looking for, uh, Tom Wilson esque. I mean, strap him on the first line with Matthews and Marner and buckle up, baby, or even put him on the second line with Willie and JT. I mean, you may have to give up, Willie, but I don't think so. I think the Leafs can get creative enough to to get something done. I think Nick Robertson, Matthew Nyes, uh going over to Calgary, um, possibly throwing in Hall and Kerf, different things, you know. I, I, know. Uh, I think Nylander would kind of have to go. Uh, I mean, he, he was born in Calgary, so why not? <laughs> we will see. I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to connect the dots here and play with everybody. But uh, oh, two thing. One, he has to get at least nine mil this year. Not many teams can work with that. Two, sounds like a consensus is he only wants to go somewhere while he will sign long term, and not many teams can. That is, that is a fair point. That well, that is the fair point. But I mean, at the same time, uh, just to to further that comment there. Um, you know, in the second part to it here, um, this guy right here can be traded anywhere, right? So they're yeah. not handcuffed by having to trade them to St. Louis. I mean, if, if the Seattle Kraken come up and say, hey, we're going to offer you this, 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 and this for one year of Tuchuk just to boost revenue sales on jerseys or to sell a few more tickets, they might just do that, you know, yeah. or a team that's that's middling the pack or whatever needs to get a little offense, then you just do that. You you add it to Chuck and you, you take the assets from Calgary uh, on Calgary side of things. You know, you just watched Johnny Gaudreau walk away for absolutely goddamn nothing. nothing. So now you're like, well, this is going to about to happen again with the Chuck, no matter what we do, he's not sticking around here. So now we got to get some assets back. Now we need to do something here. To get Before. something to start stockpiling the cupboards. That's why I threw Mangy and Panty out there too. Start getting what you can for these guys. Because once the ship starts sinking, the rats don't want to stay on the boat. Yep. So get them out the door. It sucks to say it that way, but this is the business side of hockey. I mean, Calgary's got to manage their assets here. Because what you know, losing Johnny hockey for nothing, that sucks. That yep. so sucks. But um, yeah, Calgary controls the ship here. I don't care what Chuck says. To Chuck can go and not sign, but you know what? That's fine. But that's fine. There's there's a couple rumors that were floated out there where he'd take his nine mil and maybe sign a five point five extension with the team for two years or something. 
Um, Which would be freaking all right too. And you know, maybe it's a marriage waiting to happen in those couple of years that he does sign and maybe he loves it. You know, you yeah. don't know at this point, right? He's locked um, himself to free agency. He's earned, he's going to earn that right once he's done this one year. So here's the thing, guys. Calgary right now, and if you're a Calgary Flames fan, I don't want to bury you. I feel bad for you because, you know, we have the same thing looming over here in Toronto. I'm not trying to fear monger here, but we do have those contracts coming up as well, and I hope they go well for us and on our side. But you watch Johnny Hockey walk. You got the Chuck going. Calgary fans, it's going to be some pain, I feel, because there's no retooling on the fly with this one. You're not no. adding Nazem Kadri and saying everything's all sunshine and rainbows. That is not happening. That is not the way it goes. Sorry to say it. Kadri's great, but he's not a number one center great. So you know, Calgary fans, buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy, bumpy ride. And I think you're going to start seeing some of your favorite players out the door. You know, you know. I think the other shitty thing is like they were building to be such a great team. They brought in Markstrom. They brought in who else? When they, they brought in Tanev and Markstrom, I was pumped. I was like, they solved yeah. the goalie issue. I mean, last year in the Canadian division, I picked them to be first. Because I said, Jesus Christ, you got the scoring. You went out yeah. and got the Blake Coleman. You went out and got, you know, everything you need. And then it just fell flat in his face. I mean, I don't know. And there's got to be something in the water because Johnny Gaudreau had no interest in going back there. I, Not I, an I, iota of interest in going I back there. I feel really bad for uh, – what Sutter is it? Brent? No, it's not Brent. Yeah, Brent. <laughs> One of the I, feel bad for him. Does he... I don't feel too bad for uh, their hockey legacy cups being a part of the, the league for so long. Uh, I, I think they're he all came in, one player, he came yeah. in thinking they were, you know, on the verge of being a contender basically. And, you know, now it's all shit to bed, but it I don't know if you saw the clip of Johnny Udrow, why he signed in Columbus. It popped up on spit and chicklets because they had an interview with him. But he was planning on signing with New Jersey, and then Columbus came in and was like, oh, we're interested. And so he was basically like, man, yeah, I'll go here. Like, why not? You're interested? How interested are you? Why are you interested was my thought. But, man, this could be – Yarmo Kekalainen, man, he's a – there's a lot of things about him, man. He's a stealthy guy. He likes to get things done too. And you know what? He probably wants to attract players to come play there. You sign a Johnny Gaudreau. You sign a big ticket guy. It starts to change the look of your team. Look at Edmonton. Players are starting to go there too. And we all, I don't know, cry ourselves to sleep about Jack Campbell and, you know, Zach Hyman leaving the Maple Leafs. But at the same time, it when you start to sign guys, you know, and you turn a corner and you're getting guys to come there. Other guys want to go there. Yep. You know, it's when you're on the other end of that carousel where it's not very fun, which is where Calgary is right now. Calgary's yep. on the other end of that carousel where guys kind of don't want to go there. They're circling out, you know, yep. and it sucks. It does suck. But speaking, speaking, there you go. Look at speaking. that. New words. Uh, speaking of teams on the other side of that carousel, I will tell you a fan base that is feeling themselves. And that is the Ottawa Senators fans. My God, did you know that Ottawa's top six is better than Toronto's top six? Did you know that? Did you know that? I didn't. I was very blown away by the fact that you added Alex (laughs) and an aging Claude Giroux, and you are now better than the Maple Leafs. 
Listen, uh, I cannot wait. I hope, I hope, I hope that Ottawa makes the playoffs and we get a return of the Battle of Ontario. Whew, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. And I can sit here and say these comments because Mr. Trotche, I know you'll watch this on the comeback. He's the PA voice for the Ottawa Center. He knows I'm very, very, very complimentary of the Sen, especially last year, the past couple of years where they've gone and really not done much. But I still said, you know, I picked the feisty sense to make some noise. But now the way Ottawa fans are treating this, whoo, whoo you would think that God himself joined the Ottawa Senators and now is suiting up in their top six. I can't believe it. But you look at Ottawa's top six and you say, Norris, better than Matthews or Tavares? No. Stutzla, better than Matthews or Tavares? No. I'm trying to figure out which guy. Maybe Alex DeBrincat can be better than Kerfoot and Bunting. But even still, I think they were pretty even on scoring last year. I don't know. But Ottawa um, fans, Ottawa fans, it's okay to feel yourselves. But pump the brakes a little bit. Because if any fan base knows about eating humble pie, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> don't do this to yourselves in July. Uh. <laughs> we all know what Cam Talbot can do. We all know what Cam Talbot can't do. And there was a reason why he flamed out in so many spots before he landed in Minnesota. And I hate to break it to you guys, but the Ottawa Senators are not defensively structured like the other teams he's been successful with. Just saying that out there. I, for one, (laughs) love this. It brings a whole new, you know, energy to the Battle of Ontario. However, it ain't happening. I said it last podcast, and I'm going to say it again. You do not have defense. You have two guys, maybe two guys. Hold on, maybe two guys. You have Shabbat, for sure. He's a great defenseman. But to say that you guys have a great team, it's just like your top six. Yeah, okay, you brought in DeBrincat. 40-goal score. Okay, okay. We have a 60. You got Tim Stutzla. He looks like a promising center, you know. But I don't think he has Tavares numbers. I know Brady Kachuk doesn't put up great numbers. I don't know them off the top of my head, but I mean, he's somebody that everybody does want. Yes. He does make a lot of money. Yes. But still, I don't think he has fully proven that he can hang with the big dogs. He only had 67 points last year. William Nylander can outscore him. And you forget to think that you don't even know if these guys can mesh well together. You know, you're going to have to play with those lines a lot. And I don't 100% even know if, you know, Claude Giroux will make that big of an impact. He seemed to be pretty quiet last year in the playoffs for Florida. So, I don't know. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, it adds a little spice, right? Spice to life, I guess. Uh, It's going to be fun to watch 
throughout the summer, obviously, you can make all the content you want about it because it's going to be fun. Yep. Ottawa fans, I'm telling you, they're talking about the trash goalies we got. Well, there's a team named the Carolina Hurricanes, and shout-out to Kevin Papetti on uh, on Twitter for putting this out there. Carolina did this last year. They dumped their goaltenders, ran with two brand-new goaltenders in Antti Ranta and Freddie Anderson, and we all know what happened there. Now the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to redo that. Same thing. Matt Murray would be the Freddie Anderson in this situation. And Mr. Elias Damsonoff would be the anti-Ransa. So we will see what happens there. But I like the way that that comparison was made. And it makes a whole lot of sense. And again, the NHL is a copycat league. So we'll see what the Leafs do. But as far as the top six, guys over in Ottawa, guys and gals, everyone in between, I'm telling you now, it's not close. It's not close yet. It might get close. It might. Not this year. Maybe the year after when these guys finally start to take their full steps. But by that time, you got a real aged Claude Giroux. So, in your defense, I know I know Pierre Dorian probably isn't done. I'm not You done. got 11 mil. You got 11 mil. Like, you, you can still make some moves, but. Well, you probably, you, you might see Klingberg there. You might. Yeah, but really. You want to go to Ottawa. He'll bring you offensive numbers, but I don't think he's the he's the greatest defensively. Maybe they bring Klingberg and PK Subban in name value. <laughs> Listen, one thing I will tell you right now: the Ottawa Senators this offseason, they are not afraid to crack open the checkbook. They are no. stroking check after check after check after no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem. Come on in, come on and play for us. Let's go. Yep. So we'll see what happens. But right now, I will still take the Leafs top six over the Auto Centers. And let's talk about the Leafs right quickly. Um, Cal Yarncroke, now Toronto Maple Leaf. I like the deal. Uh, we'll break this one down quickly. Uh, Yarncroke can play your center, left wing, right wing, penalty kill, power play, up and down your lineup. Doesn't matter. He'll bring it for you. And Leaf fans are crapping themselves because they don't know about this guy. Well, I'm going to remind you all. You didn't know very much about Michael Bunting last year. You love him now. You didn't know much about David Camp last year. You love him now. So I'm saying maybe Kyle Dubas knows what he's doing with some of these signings and the guys he's getting. So let's just take a moment. It's what we talked about about Ottawa in the top six. Those guys might not gel. I think Toronto knows how to make these guys gel. And I think he'll have a great home on a third or fourth line. He's money in the bank for at least 30 points, which is great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Those 30 points definitely uh, will help out in the bottom six where we talk about depth scoring. Everyone crying about Ilya Mikheyev being gone. Guys, last year was his first year where he took a step and he won a 4.75. No, thank you. We had two guys named Andreas Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen who put up similar numbers. And only came in in a $3 million range, about 750 k away from each other. Stay calm. Stay calm for a moment. Also, before we get into Leafs Dev Camp, a couple guys I want to touch on right quick on Dev Camp. But the Toronto Maple Leafs, to me, correct me if I'm wrong, but I listened to um, John on the Wall today on Sportsnet on the way home. We get a little bit of syndicated radio here in Halifax talking about how the Leafs are signing these staggering, staggered contracts from 950K down to make sure they maximize themselves as close to the cap as they can 
if they are to go into LTIR. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, well, how are you going to go into LTIR when everybody's healthy? And that leaves you to believe, is Jake Muzzin going to be healthy to start the season? Or, or are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to go out and trade for a guy that's going to end up on LTIR? Who's going to be that player that goes on there and they can spare themselves five or six million dollars? Be able to have all these players they've signed, sign Rasmus Sandin and carry him throughout the season. Because what happens is you can loan a guy back down to the AHL and their cap number comes off your hit as well. So the Leafs may be looking to pull a little Tampa Lightning magic here and get themselves out from under the predicament they're in, but also into a predicament where they can get more and add more, maybe like a Nino Niederreiter. So we shall see what happens, but the Leafs did a great job of also signing contracts that are very variable in the NHL, and that's what a lot of people are missing too. I think they have five or six guys that are within the threshold that if they're sent down, their entire cap hit waves. So that's five or six million dollars right there. So the Leafs know what they're – they have Brandon freaking Pridham for a reason, guys. The man wrote the cap. He knows what he's doing to a T. So I think we're all right. But uh, what do you think before we jump into dev camp stuff right quick? Um, do you think the Leafs are going LTIR hunting or is it just they want to bury these deals going down to the minors? Uh, I don't 100% know. I mean – who are you gonna who are you gonna look for that's gonna be going LDR besides Muzzin, honestly? Like well, I mean, you can look around the league. I mean, they've done it before. David Clarkson comes to mind. Uh Ryan yeah, but they, I, Did they know that he was injured before? I didn't think he they knew. No, they got him from Vegas. They made that trade and put him on LTIR. Same thing with Nathan Horton. They had guys on there, you know. Oh, and Nathan Horton I knew about, but I didn't think uh I thought they traded David Clarkson back to Vegas, but Anywho, um, I mean, it would be smart. <laughs> I, I think the Maple Leafs have a lot up their sleeve, and I think a lot of people are upset. It's just the beginning of the offseason, really. We're about a week in now, you know, a week in. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, everybody needs to pump the brakes. Just take a second, you know, Ilya Samsonov. I can't wait to see him between the pipes. Can't wait to see Matt Murray. Can't wait to see all these deals and the different players come in and try out. But – some things I can't wait to see. And uh, I was talking to uh, someone who's pretty close to the Leafs organization today, asking about a, a certain couple players. Uh, Matthew Nyes is a guy that jumps off the page for me. His skating is good. He's going to have another dominant year in NCAA. And he's already said that he's pretty primed to join the Leafs for the, uh, the spring stretch run. So that's a top six kind of guy that the Leafs are going to get for nothing. So that's that pumps me up beyond belief. Nick Robertson's flying already. He's ready. He's chomping at the bit to get things going. The other question that I that I asked is about John Tavares last year. And, you know, did he take a step back skating-wise? And did he have issues, you know, going through the end of the season? And the answer was a, a flat-out yes, he did. Uh, and the reason why, you have to remember, last offseason wasn't a prototypical one for John Tavares. He's coming off that concussion. He was coming off all that stuff. 
and really didn't get to ramp his workups out till close to the end of the offseason to where he wanted to be, to where he usually is. And we all know John DeVaris is a fitness machine. So in knowing that, I asked, is that something that can be recovered this offseason? And it was a resounding yes. The The pop is back in his step. Um, you know, he's he's ready to go. The speed is there. So I'm looking very excited for JT. And anyone who knows me, especially you, Dylan, and Clark, and everyone else in the 6 and 6 crew, know that I beat the drum real hard for John Tavares. I hate the hate that's against him. He's a point-per-game player, uh, as one of our astute listeners definitely just said here. You know, he is fine. He is fine. The thing was last year, though, he did lose a step, and it was noticeable um, by this person. And this person pretty well in the know. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, what do you think? Who do you who do you have a standout so far at DevCamp? Have you been paying attention to DevCamp? Have you seen any of these guys or any of the names popping up? Apparently, that young St. John Sea Dog Villanova really held Matthew Nice in check today. So, another defensive prospect on the line, too. Um, obviously, Nice is, is standing out. Um, I haven't been paying too much attention to it, I'm going to be honest, but um, I have been reading a, a bit, and uh, people have been uh, saying Fraser Minton is somebody that they really enjoy watching at the camp. Um, I did see a little story that I wanted to bring up, uh, that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Ty and Dylan Voigt, or sorry, not Voigt, Jackson. Yep. Um, both identical twins playing in NCAA, uh, next year for Arizona state. Uh, they both were invited to the, uh, development camp and uh, first thing right off the bat, uh, we put them uh, battle against each other and, uh, you know, trying to, you know, they're trying to get a spot. Right. So, uh, I thought that was, uh, very cool. You know, who knows they could, uh, they could turn into something down the road. Who knows? Maybe we sign them. Maybe we don't. I thought that was a really cool story. Um, I was just reading up, uh, Axel Rindell was somebody that, um, the, uh, people were liking as well. Where did we pick him? Do you know if we picked him? I don't know off the top of my head. I have to go back. I didn't. I've been looking at the things. Um, and then uh, Nick Moldenheimer. Um, he wasn't afraid to stand out and loaded back uh, in a loaded batch of players this year. Uh, he looked good against Ty Voigt. Uh, looked like he's very uh, strong on the puck. Uh, so, again, I, I'm excited for the young guys coming up. Uh, you know, a couple of these guys can break this uh, this Leafs roster this uh, this year, and, and I think that's going to be really exciting for us uh, moving forward because, you know, we need to take advantage of those. We those need those level deals yeah. definitely into our lineup. We definitely do. That is something that needs to happen for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, Good teams have the next up mentality. You're allowed to, you know, watch some players walk away. Good teams do it all the time. Tampa does it every year. They watch good guys go at the door, but they're still competitive. So the Leafs need to start hitting that, you know, that stride, so to speak. And I think they've they've hit on a few guys. 
You're looking at Matthew Nyes. You're looking at uh, the Abrizis. You're looking at, um, you know, the the Metinins. You're looking at um, Bobby Nemelas, the Ronnie Hervenins. You're looking down the line. Even Hittleby, the goaltender. I mean, he's a big yeah, guy, right. right? So we'll see what happens with some of these prospects. But it's good to have things in the pipeline. But ladies and gentlemen, we've talked to you off about everything tonight. So let's get to our fun segment. Dylan, I promise you one of these days I will pop one of these in the mail for you. This is the Voxing Rock Brewing Co.'s Bearded Blue Warrior segment. Each week we pick one person deserving of being our Boxing Rock Bearded Blue Warrior. Um, you can go first this week. Let me know what you think. Who is your Bearded Blue Warrior? You know, I oh, there's there's just two that I have. I'm going to go with Matthew Nice. Uh, Ooh, nice. The kid's, the kid's proven that, you know, all he wants to do is compete for that NCAA trophy again this coming season. Uh, you know, he's he's a freaking big boy. He's just like Austin in, in height and size is what, I'm, what I mean. He could have a shot like him. And, man, I watched him skate around and protect that puck today. And, boy, did that look terrifying. Um you know, he, he deserves that bearded blue warrior. So uh, 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 hands off to him. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go choice. with my, my boxing rock uh, bearded blue I warrior think I myself. I think, um, I think, you I know, know, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with the one that's a little off the board here. Uh, it's going to be a little different, a little different, but I'm going to go with Jack Campbell. Oh, Oh. I go with Jack Campbell because I like the way he handled himself going out of town. Uh, I like the way he talked about his teammates glowingly um, from Toronto um, when he was at the Mitch Marner Invitational, um, the Intact Insurance—I forget what it's called—the Marner Assist Fund, I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, when he was there, I like the way he handled himself. He talked glowingly to the Leafs organization. Um, you know, had every opportunity just not to answer questions and not to deal with things. But he spoke glowingly about everything. It just says business, right? It's just business. And yeah. shout out to hashtag Hyman Hustle as well with the uh, the lovey heart emojis and all that stuff about him signing because everybody loves Jack, man. I wish yes. him nothing but the best. Don't beat the Leafs, uh, but don't break a leg either. You know, we'll see what happens. But he is my boxing rock, bearded blue warrior. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, this show is proudly brought to you by Boxing Rock Brewing Co.'s. Puckle of Floggerdale, the absolute big beer for the big game or the big podcast, which is what Offside Hockey Talk is. And now, as we do every week at the end of the show, and I'm going to post these as a montage now because I have a couple to put up, we have our packs. I got a series one. So the way that it works is I got obviously seriously. the regular cards don't mean too much, but obviously if you hit something pretty cool in there, you never know. But the big card in the pack is the winner. I should have saved my pack earlier this week. We got a Cole Caulfield. Young guns. All right. Let's I have no here. idea what I have in here. All right. You go first. All right. Starting with the guy who's getting traded, Matthew Tuchuk. Ooh. I got Chris Letang. Connor McDavid. Ooh. I got Dylan Dubay. Dennis Gurianov. Anthony Duclair. UD Canvas, Tyler Bertuzzi. 
Okay. Zach Aston Reese. Hmm? Colin White. I got uh, Honor Roll, Superstar Honor Roll, Mika Zabinijad. I'm going to round out my pack quickly. I got Cam Fowler, Timo Meyer, and Philip Kershev. I finally got a goalie in one of my packs. I got Mr. Carey Price. I got Hampus Lindholm. Ooh. And Colin Miller. Bam. So the way it works, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can vote. So far this season, Dylan is 2-0. Two, two and oh. We have two to post. So he could be up as much as 4 nothing. This one could be the one that I win right here. I think a UD campus is worth more than the honor roll. But, hey, it's up to your vote. But, ladies and gentlemen, this right here, this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk and pack battles happen. See you next week.